Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted Podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlisle. What is good, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Life Enchanted Podcast, where it is my duty to explore all things related to living an optimized and fulfilling life. I personally am on the never-ending journey to improve myself and figured why not share my findings and my conversations with as many people as possible. This episode is brought to you by MyLifeEnchanted.com, which is where you can find all things related to the Life Enchanted movement. You can sign up for my email newsletter on there, read my blog, check out some apparel I designed, and a bunch of other stuff as well. Also, I would love to keep this podcast relatively sponsor-free, and to do that, I need your support through Patreon. You can visit the support tab on my website to learn more about that. Your contributions through Patreon will keep the Life Enchanted content flowing and will also help me dedicate more time to expanding the content, i.e. the blog and newsletter and whatnot. But most importantly, a portion of every cent that comes through Patreon and my online store will be donated to Metro World Child. You can find out more about them through my website on that support tab. Also, please consider leaving a rating and possibly a review of the podcast on whatever platform you're using. Your feedback helps other people discover the show and join the movement. What is good, ladies and gentlemen, Nick here, and it is good to be back. If you haven't noticed, I have been on a short podcast hiatus I haven't released since December 14th, and that is not because a lack of material. I've been sitting on quite a few episodes that I'm able to release, but uh, I have just needed to work on myself and my relationships and my mental health and kind of entering this this new chapter of life, getting back in the swing of things uh, with my job and all that. It is hard for me when my cup is not full to pour out into other things and people and so forth. So I've just been working on myself, filling my cup so that I can pour out into the podcast, pour out into my family, pour out into my job, pour out into others uh, and all that. So that's what I've been working on. And that's why there has been a hiatus because I've just been working on myself. In episodes 64 and 66, which are the last two solo episodes I've done, I was I was kind of outlining my battles with anxiety and panic attacks and kind of talking through some of the solutions and treatment options that were available to me that I was pursuing. And just to give you guys an update on what's been going on there, uh, in one of those episodes I was talking about how my anxiety often leads to depression, and that was certainly the case, unfortunately, in mid-December. So in episode 64, I talked about kind of my, my panic attack that I had and kind of outlined what was going on and how I was going to seek treatment and all that, and 66 talked about the the GAPS protocol and the CES devices and Wellbutrin and all that. Uh, so after after that last episode, 
and I was trying these natural solutions with the CES devices and the GAPS protocol and and all those those things. Um, on December 11th, that, that was a Wednesday. That's actually exactly a month ago from right now. It's January 11th today. Um, I had a, a super hard day. I'd probably characterize it as the hardest mental health day of my life, without a doubt, actually, by leaps and bounds it was. Uh, it was a Wednesday. There was nothing really going on. My daughters had school, but it was just a dark, dark day for me for some reason. Reason that Tuesday night, the night before, I started to feel just like a little, little bit negative, like this negative aura, this negative cloud around me. So I went to sleep, tried to sleep it off. Woke up the next morning, kind of felt it still. Like, man, what is going on? I just, just felt like I was just in kind of a negative, solemn place. Took my daughters to school, came back kind of told my wife what I was feeling like, man, I just feel like, I just feel depressive is the word. And it's, it's just this, this feeling, it's just this strong feeling. It's this filter that, that every input sensory and thought, uh, filters through this negative cloud that just turns my whole mind negative for some reason and just dark. And it was, it sucks. So my wife was going to go to work and I was like, I'll just stay here. I'm going to go on a nice walk. Usually walks help me long nature walks, you know? So my wife left and I, and I started out on this walk around my hometown. And like I said, usually on walks, I, my endorphins start going cause I'll walk, you know, pretty swiftly and I can clear my brain. I get in touch with nature. I can pray. I can kind of meditate, focus on things, get some clarity. And on this particular walk, that was not the case. Uh, I started walking and the best way for me to describe it is I was being attacked and I've never felt this before, but I was being spiritually attacked. I started walking and just felt very, very dark negative energy attacking me. And it was like this voice inside of my head. There was two voices inside of my head. One was this overbearing, dominant, negative, attacking voice. And the other that was more rational and faith-based and truth-based was, which made up about 3% of what was going on, was was trying to speak uh, truth. And it was like this battle going on inside my head. I know that might sound crazy to a lot of you guys, but I also know a lot of you guys might be able to relate to that because it was it was seemingly uncontrollable. And I'm as I'm going on this walk around my town, uh, I'm just experiencing this. And I start crying multiple times. I went on a two-mile walk, and I probably cried like five times. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? I'm not a big crier. And... I, I verbally and audibly kept reaching out to God like, Lord, this is not me. Save me, Lord. Save me. Rescue me. I do not know what's going on here. I'm being attacked with dark, dark thoughts that I've, I've never had in my entire life. And it was scary. It was really scary. And it really, really sucked and was very eye-opening. So I started firing off text messages. I texted uh, Uncle Vinny, who I talked about uh, in episode 66, I believe, and just told him, dude, I'm, I'm being attacked. Please pray for me right now. I texted the small group, uh, life group that I'm a part of, um, the one that I had a panic attack at and just let them know, guys, I'm being spiritually attacked right now. If everyone could just start praying for me, that would be awesome. So they've, I mean, we had one meeting and I had a panic attack at that meeting. And then a week later, they're getting this text message from me. So they, 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 they probably just think I'm an absolute 
mental case, which I kind of am, but it's all good, all love. But I just started firing off text messages like, I need prayer, I need help, I need support, um, God, I need you. So I, I, I did this loop, and I came back to my house and was just being attacked. And it was dark, and it was evil and demonic, and I got in my house and fell on the floor and started sobbing like a three-year-old boy. Um, I was sobbing like I've never sobbed in my entire life, honestly. I, I can't remember the last time I sobbed that hard and uncontrollably because the attacks were so strong and so profound and so dark that it was it was really, really freaking scary. So I called my wife... And mind you, sorry, let me set some context here. This is after I had been doing the GAPS protocol, the CES device, all these natural ways of trying to heal myself and kind of uh, refraining from taking the advice from my therapist to get on meds. So I called my wife when I got back to my house and I'm in this emotional state and just said, babe, and kind of just let her know what was going on. Like, I, I need you to come back to the house right now. And she could definitely hear the the need in my voice and the emotion in my voice. So she just jumped in her car and started coming home. I called my dad as well, who lives about a quarter mile away from me, and let him know the same thing to come to come to my house. And thankfully, he called my brother, who lives like a hundred yards from my house, and my brother came. So my 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 wife, my dad, and my brother all showed up, and I was just on the floor, and they kind of just wrapped their arms around me. Um, and just prayed for me and just sat with me and it was a super emotional but special uh time and I just felt like the Lord was like dude you you need something Nick something needs to be done this is not okay and I the the first thing that came into my mind was I need meds like this is this is ridiculous this I can this is not sustainable I'm not going to allow this to happen again this is way too crazy and intense I need some meds so um I told my dad, like, can you, my dad's a doctor, can you write me this prescription for the Wellbutrin? And he did. And by 11 o'clock that morning, I had went to the pharmacy and got Wellbutrin and taken the first uh, dose of the Wellbutrin. And it immediately made me feel better, honestly. So as I kind of mentioned, Wellbutrin signals the release of norepinephrine, which is like adrenaline and um, dopamine. So that first that first Wednesday morning when I took it, I felt absolutely wonderful, felt like myself. I think also it was a combination of just like having like expended all that negative energy in the morning and kind of cried it out and talking with my dad and getting the support and the hope of finding something new that um, I can get uh, that, that will help me and move me in a positive direction. I think that was definitely playing into it as well, but I just immediately felt better. And the next day I took the Wellbutrin and was feeling super good. And that Thursday and Friday, I, I kept telling my wife, like, I feel normal. I feel like normal Nick, which is what I am searching for and what I want. I don't want to feel high. I don't want to feel like bogged down or zombied or just like plateaued out at a certain level. That's not too high or too low. I just want to feel like my normal self. And for those first couple of days, I hundred percent felt like that. And, um, in retrospect, that might just because I was so depleted in a lot of those chemicals that the release of those really helped balance me out but I was very optimistic and hopeful but then unfortunately things started to turn with the Wellbutrin on like day four or three I can't really remember I started to feel like I was feeling really good like in the a.m. until I took the Wellbutrin and then I, I would 
feel like I was taking anxiety in a pill, honestly. So I, I just wanted to stick it out. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep it going. But that theme was, was recurrent in, um, the next couple of days. And every time that I took the pill, I would feel like I would just have anxiety and a heightened heart rate and for the rest of the day. It was like this this fight or flight response that I just kept experiencing the entire day. And it was like, whoa, what the heck? So I started doing some research. Unfortunately, I went down the internet rabbit hole of Wellbutrin and I saw a ton of stuff that said uh, Wellbutrin's great for depression and horrible for anxiety for obvious reasons, because it, it signals norepinephrine and norepinephrine is, you know, basically adrenaline and people who are anxious don't necessarily need uh, adrenaline shots throughout the day. So I did see cases of people who said like, you know, they experienced, they were experiencing the same thing as me, but after nine weeks or 10 weeks, those side effects started to lessen and that they really balanced out and saw the benefits. And I'm like, man, I do not want to experience this for nine to 10 weeks until things start to get better. That is a long time, two and a half months of this. No, thank you. Like this anxiety that I'm experiencing every day. No, thank you. But so I called my doctor and kind of let, or not my doctor, my therapist and kind of let him know what I was experiencing. And he was like, you know, this was like day five or something. He's like, it's too early. Don't get off them. Keep pushing through it. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. So, um, and I felt called to get on the meds, you know, I felt like that was kind of a revelation coming down to me. So, I wanted, I didn't want to give up too early. I wanted to do what was right. And I know that if I gave up too early, I would have regret of not sticking it out. So I kept it going the next Sunday. This is the Sunday before Christmas. I believe Christmas was on a Wednesday. The next Sunday, I was 10 days in, I believe, to my Wellbutrin dosages, um, dosages, doses. And I woke up on that Sunday. I felt super good. It was the same thing. Felt super good in the a.m., and then took my Wellbutrin and then went to church. And in church, this has never happened before, sitting and listening to an epic sermon by my guy, Brian Kiley. Uh, the sermon was on the mind of Christians, I believe it was titled, or the mind of believers. And it was one of the best sermons that I've ever heard. And right up my alley because it had all sorts of psychological principles and uh, and all that mixed in with, with faith. So I was loving it. And... I started having a panic attack mid-service, mid-service, just sitting there, just sitting there by myself. My wife stayed home with the baby for that service and was watching it from home. And I just started having a panic attack. And I could only attribute it to the Wellbutrin because my my adrenaline or epinephrine was just going through the roof. And I'm like, what in the world? So I left uh, like three quarters of the way through the sermon. I was trying to stick it out, but I had to leave. I had to get out of there because I was having a panic attack. So... <laughs> I'm like, really, man? Like, I just felt like I was regressing and it was very damaging and demoralizing. So I went and got my girls out of their classes and went back home and kind of told Lindsay, my wife, what was going on. And I'm like, man, what in the world is going on here? I, I want to stick this out, but this is not sustainable and this is not cool. So the next day, Monday, I called my therapist and luckily he was able to get back to me even though they weren't working. And I kind of talked to him and told him kind of what had still been uh, persisting with the meds and kind of how it was affecting me. And 
he was like, all right, let's get off him. Obviously, this is not, you know, benefiting you now in any way. It benefited you at first, but let, let's get off him. And I'm like, great. So now I am pretty mentally unstable. <laughs> um, getting off meds that I've been on for 10 days. It's a Monday. I have Christmas Eve the next day, Christmas the day after that, New Year's following shortly after that, lots of family, lots of friends, lots of dinners, lots of parties, lots of interaction, lots of social situations, and those are my triggers. So it's like wonderful. I'm getting off these meds, and I just had an extreme bout with anxiety, followed by an extreme bout with depression, followed with an extreme bout bout of more anxiety, and now I'm heading into the holidays surrounded by all of these people, a lot of which are coming out of town I haven't seen in a while, and I'm like, wonderful. Um, Also, the Wellbutrin was like making me break out a lot, which just caused another uh, side of self-consciousness and insecurity, and I'm like, great. Um, cause I think it just caused stress and hormonal stress and hormones and stress cause acne. So I'm like, wonderful, wonderful. So here I am just ready to embrace, uh, that week on that Monday. And I just got on my knees and started praying, started talking with my wife who was just offering me a ton of wisdom, being very transparent and open and vulnerable and honest with her so she could speak truth to me and made it through the week somehow. Um, it wasn't excellent for me, but it was good. It was good. And I was able to get through the week without any serious incident, which was nice. Um, and things after that, after that whole season, after Christmas and after new years and whatnot, I started to get some, some clarity on a lot of things. Uh, and I attribute that to a lot of the talks that I had, uh, mainly with my guys, uh, Brian, and my guy Rob, shout out you two, uh, and and my wife, honestly. But uh, my buddy Brian came up from Los Angeles, and we went on uh, an epic day trip down to the coast, um, into the Muir Woods, and went on a like a six mile hike. And um, he has an awesome story, and he's full of wisdom. He's a genius, like literally a genius. I'm not just saying that he's literally a genius, and has a ton of uh, great life experience that kind of parallels mine that he was able to really share with me, and I was able to just open up with him and talk with him about a lot that I was going through, and he was able to give me some some pretty sage advice and and wisdom that really helped me, and that I'm still applying today. Um, and it's just all about really things that I've already talked about, just just embracing what is, knowing who you are, and choosing the perspective of leveraging what is. Like, okay, you know that, because another part of what's going on here is that there's, there's a thing called seasonal mood disorder, I think it's called. And I've I've noticed that in the last couple of years, basically when it turns winter, you struggle mentally. And a lot of people experience this, but it's definitely been affecting me um, because I'm great in the summer. I'm great in the spring. I, I feel like I'm, you know, floating around doing my thing outdoors, working out, loving life. Uh, and and in the winter, some I've, I've just struggled for some reason. So that's another another reason that I'm, I question the 
medication route is because, okay, if it is, if it is a chemical imbalance in my head, then why am I doing so well in the spring and the summer and then not in the winter? Like, where's the chemical imbalance in the spring and the summer? Why, why eight months of the year am I flourishing and then four months of the year I'm not flourishing? So that, that was another thing. And Obviously, you could say, well, because the lack of chemicals, the lack of vitamin D or something occurring in the winter um, is causing you to think more negative or whatever. But um, back to what I was saying with with this concept of embracing what is it's okay. you're going to know. Why don't you start realizing that eight months of the year you're going to be great, but then you are going to crash and look at it, anticipate that you are going to crash instead of fighting it anticipate what's going to happen and try and leverage it. Okay, this season is going to give me, it's going to get negative, but I need to think in ways that, okay, how can I use that negative energy, that that new perspective that I am going to get to help look at things differently and help move me along in different ways? Okay, so because it's going to give you a more negative insight into things. Um, and if you can channel that negative energy in a positive way to help you realize certain things, I think there's definitely some some benefit to that. Obviously, it's easier said than done, but I, I love that philosophy. And I think there's a ton of wisdom in in the whole don't fight it. Because there's a quote that you've probably heard that I've heard often is, is what you resist persists. What you resist persists. And I think that speaks a lot to the power of the mind. You know, if someone tells you don't think about a blue elephant, then you are going to think about a blue elephant because you're resisting not thinking about a blue elephant. So if you're fighting things, that just means you're focusing on things, right? If you're fighting anxiety, if you're fighting depression, you're basically thinking it into existence. Like, oh, I hope I don't get depressed. I hope I don't get depressed. Don't don't get depressed. Oh, shoot, there's a negative thought. Now I'm depressed. Uh-oh, I'm depressed now. I'm depressed now. I'm depressed. So it's you're thinking it into existence what you resist persists as persists as as opposed to to embracing what is and not resisting it and maybe expecting it and anticipating it and leveraging it and looking at it as a strength uh, i'm reading a book right now called lincoln's melancholy and it's all about how depressed abraham lincoln was and how that shaped him for the better um great book. I'm only like a couple chapters chapters into it right now. I highly recommend checking it out. But it's it's all about how you can leverage kind of the negatives and and just what is. You can leverage what is for the betterment of yourself if you can kind of get a perspective change. And also just on that same note, just just leveraging who you are, your experience, uh, your the culture that you bring to whatever organization you're a part of or what, whatever relationship you're a part of or just life in general, what you bring to the world, you know, and, and embracing your truths of, of who you are and your past and how it shaped you and not regretting anything about the past. Because if you regret it, you're fighting it and you're ashamed of it and embracing it instead and saying, you know, that I am who I am today because of my past for better or for worse. But that that has already happened. I cannot change it. That has shaped me. And I'm going to use it to to help me realize who I am so that I can leverage who I am to positively impact the world. So these are some of the things that 
that I was thinking about and that were helping me and that were coming from Brian and my wife and Rob and all these things and just showing yourself grace, um, which goes right, right in line with the whole, you know, don't fight it. Don't resist it. Just show yourself grace. We're all human. We're all going through it. Everyone's going through something. Just embrace it and, and, and try and look at it in a different light, which, which has been super helpful. So, what I did with that is I've, I've started in my journal just kind of doing like not affirmations, I guess they are kind of affirmations, but just writing things every morning that are truths about me, not in like a proud way bragging to myself, but just what is true about me. I'm a good communicator. My, my opinion is valued. I have a master's degree in education. I have a business degree in entrepreneurship. Um, I am well liked amongst my friends and I am athletic and I can do things and I have a wide range of experience and a wide range of knowledge and I've read a lot of interesting books and I have a voice that needs to be heard and all of these different things that I'm not taking pride in. It's just kind of like little positive affirmations that I can tell myself like, dude, just embrace everything that that you are and leverage it and and who cares what other people think or what um, reactions you get just embrace who you are and do your thing do you so I've been doing that every morning and that's been been super helpful so that that wave that I've kind of been riding is is still going and still moving and it's been good and I'm still trying to progress and move forward with it and fight the good fight and embrace what is and one thing that I've really realized over the last couple months so I've been on paternity leave I'm not sure if I've shared this I think I did on my Instagram I don't think I have on the podcast I'm not sure but on October 6th I had my son and October 11th I stopped working and have been on paternity leave from October 11th until uh, January 6th. So that is a long time. That is three months. And it was I was anticipating it just being this season of rest and freedom and just, you know, working on the podcast and getting things done, growing, growing the downloads and growing the website and all these different things. And that season was very, very eye-opening to me. And I prayed a lot for God to change me in that season because I felt like God was going to move in that season for me, leading up to it in September and August. Like I knew that I was going to go on this giant leave and that God was going to do big things in that leave. I just had a feeling. And similar to what I described in episode number 64, Oftentimes the route that we think is going to happen and the route that we pray for is not what ends up happening, but God's way is ultimately the best way and that is coming uh, to be true in this season as well. So the season of paternity leave was full of freedom and it was full of growth, but it was a, a completely different type than I was expecting because I realized a lot of things. One, I realized that structure and routine is extremely important in my life. There's a paradox of freedom that people talk about. I'm not sure, like I looked up paradox of freedom and there's all sorts of like scholarly articles on it and whatnot, but my daughter's coming in here. Hi, Gia. Can you say hi? What are you getting? Your headband? Say hi. Say hi. 
Say hi. Say hi. No? Say hi. Okay. She doesn't want to say hi. She's being shy. Hey, get back here. So the paradox of freedom thing I definitely saw come come true in that when you have too much freedom, it's ultimately for me, it was ultimately a bad thing because because there's almost too many decisions to be made. Right? When you are when you are regimented, when you are structured, when there's a lack of freedom, you just do what you have to do because that's the only option. Jocko Willink the Navy SEAL, he talks about his whole thing is discipline equals freedom. And it's just that like he wakes up every single day at 4am. If you go to his Instagram, every single picture is of his watch at 4am and just gets after it in the gym and then does whatever he needs to do. He's, he's very disciplined. He just, he has his mornings, his days laid out. He knows what he's going to do and there's no decisions to be made. And there's freedom in that because you're just basically going on auto um, through what you already know you have to do. You're just automatically doing that and then automatically going to the next thing. And there's no like internal dialogue of should I do this or what should I do next? Or I'm just going to lay on the couch and just like be in my own head for a while, you know? So, um, the paradox of freedom was, was definitely a ringing true in that season for me because I, I feel like I am pretty disciplined and regimented and structured, but I found that it's more so like that when I am actually working, when I have nothing to do in the day specifically. Um, I I find myself just kind of going with the flow and kind of just uh, being a little bit more lazy and the structure and regimen that comes with waking up and having to go to work and then coming home and dinner needs to be ready and girls need to be put to bed by a certain time, all that, uh, is, is super, super helpful for me. So that was very eye opening to me and, and helpful, um, in, in helping me realize that I need that in my life. I need some type of structure to get me through the days. Uh, the next thing that was eye opening for me is my need to, to be around other people and not just my kids and my wife. And that, too much time in my head is not good because I am very, very analytic and I overthink things very easily and I can go down different rabbit holes pretty dang deep in my own head. And when you are going to the park with two kids at three and four years old and they're playing and you're just sitting on the bench for an hour, you have a lot of time to think and go down rabbit holes. And when you are outside at your house and the kids are, you know, playing in the yard or whatever, it's the same thing. Or when the kids are watching TV, it's the same thing. Or when you're just cooking dinner uh, or lunch by yourself, it's the same thing. So I just had a lot of, I had way too much time in my own head the past three months. And that is not cool. You need some external stimulus, some other people to talk to and communicate with and share things with, and just get outside of your own head, get in flow, get, get to a spot where you are not thinking about yourself. You're thinking out here in front of you and reacting out here in front of you and not living behind your eyes in your own head and, and analyzing every little thing about your life. Um, the isolation for me is, is not cool. Uh, so 
those things were huge for me and realizing that I need to be out and about. I need to have some structure. I need to be connecting with people. And it really made me look forward to going back to work. I keep seeing people at the school that I work at and they're like, how is paternity leave too short? You know, too short. How was it? Are you, does it suck to be back? And I'm like, it is awesome to be back. I am so grateful to be back. And they're like, what? And then I kind of share with them. Like I, I just had too much time on my hands. It was too long. Lack of structure, all that. I, I need to be back here. And um, I feel like, so the, the first week of school has, has just gone by and it was good for me to be back and connecting with these kids and kind of being outside of my own head, which is, which is super nice. Um, I want to wrap it up by just sharing with you guys the, the importance of the thought life as well, which I've talked about so many times. And I know a lot of, you know, and I know, uh, that I've gone into different podcasts about the importance of thoughts and shared a lot of things on Instagram. And we all know that, that thinking really translates to, to who we are, what we think translates to who we are. And I just want to encourage you guys to really, really start identifying your thoughts and start, uh, discerning what you want to think and how you should be thinking to live an optimized life because what you think is who you are. You think things into existence. Your perspectives shape how you see the world. And the power of your thoughts is, I, I cannot understate. And I just encourage you guys to start taking inventory of the parts in your life where you are struggling and then matching those with the ways that you are thinking about it because there's always, always, always a different way to think. And the different way the different ways that you can think will help uh, manifest themselves in the different ways that that you feel. I was reading a little bit this week, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, a lot of you guys probably know him. He did a little excerpt in one of Tim Ferriss's books, and he was talking about, Tim Ferriss asked him the question, when you feel uh, like bogged down or when you feel sad or something like that, what do you do was the question. And this is super extreme, but I think kind of proves the point of how you think uh, changes how you feel, and there's always a way to perspective shift that, that will help you. So... Gary V's answer was whenever I feel overwhelmed or down, I think I imagine that something terrible has happened to my family. And I believe he has a wife and a couple small kids. And he imagines that some really, really tragic accident happens to his family and that they all pass away. Which is really hardcore and not cool. But his logic for it is that I, I put my brain through that hell and my mind through that hell so that when I come out on the other side, I realize whatever I'm facing could be a lot worse. And there's always room for that. You don't have to think that hardcore about your family dying, but you could always think about how things could be much, much worse. Because we are, if you're listening to this, you are so fortunate to be where you are. This means you have a device, you have, you're living in the first world, if you're listening to this, and the vast majority of people do not live in the first world, and the vast majority of people in the world are struggling in poverty, and there's just so many reasons that we can be grateful, going back to the Thanksgiving episode that I released, but there's always a way to perspective shift, and a perspective shift is just a thought shift, and how we think determines who we are. 
And I just encourage you guys to start thinking in a way that that aligns with who you want to be. Figure out who you want to be. Write it down. What do you want? What do you want yourself to be like now or in five years? And what does that person? What would you say that person thinks like? What are the thoughts that go through that person's head? Write those down and start focusing on thinking those things. That's what I'm doing. I am not perfect by any means. I obviously struggle, but um, there's beauty in it and there's growth in it and there's dependence on it. I, I've seen this season really develop and progress my relationship with the Lord and my faith and my intimacy and my dependence on Him, which has been awesome. My prayer life has been flourishing um, with myself and, and with my wife and with other people. It's been awesome. So there's, there's beauty in a lot of this. Life is hard, but uh, the Lord brings hope, God brings hope, and there's a lot of goodness that can be found, and we're going to be rewarded. So thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate you guys listening to this. Uh, Let me know if you have any insights or questions or tips for me. I love to hear from you guys. I'm not on Instagram right now. Um, I am taking that month off. So send me an email if you want to connect, nick at mylifeenchanted.com. And do me a favor because I can't share this on social media. Screenshot this episode and share it on your story or on your Facebook or even on your timeline, if you're super loyal, but I would really appreciate that because that'll help get the word out. I got a bunch of new episodes that I'm going to start releasing. I got a five things I'm digging part two. So I'm going to detail five things that I've really been into recently. Um, coming up, I got some episodes with a UFC fighter who was top five in the, in the world. Um, I got some pastors, I got some authors, and then I got some other people lined up as well. So some good things headed your way. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate your support. Grace and peace to all of you. A special thanks to King's Kaleidoscope for the instrumental used on the intro and outro of this podcast. Also, a big thanks to the good people at Capital Floats, which is Northern California's premier sensory deprivation and float tank facility. I am a frequent user there, and the experience is transformative to say the least. And for listeners of this podcast, they are offering an exclusive deal of 40% off the normal price for a single float. Just go to CapitalFloats.com and use the promo code LIFEENCHANTED with no spaces at checkout. If you're in Northern California, you definitely want to take advantage of this. Please remember that I am not a doctor, so definitely consult your physician before making any sudden diet, supplement, or lifestyle changes suggested in any of these episodes. If you're interested in connecting with me, you can send an email to nick, N-I-C-K, at mylifeenchanted.com, or you can find me on Instagram at mylifeenchanted. Peace.